everyone, it's Krista Bontrager, and I'm your tour guide this year as we go through the Bible as part of the Route 66 campaign for Grace Church of Glendora. This is the Points of Interest podcast, where we preview this week's reading and get you ready to get into the Word of God. Are you ready? Here we go. Well, it was from Genesis to today, more than four thousand years all the way. George John Dicks on Route 66. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Week 32. We're still in the Book of Isaiah. We're starting in chapter 36, and we'll be going all the way to the end of Isaiah in chapter 66 this week. So we'll be finishing it out. Now, hopefully you've been enjoying yourself as you've been going through Isaiah. It's such a rich part of scripture. And as we go through Isaiah, you might also find yourself kind of scratching your head a little bit at times, wondering what is he talking about or what's happening here? What's going on? And I wanted to just offer a quick thought about that because, you know, there's a popular notion among many Christians that everything in the Bible ought to be clear to everyone who reads it without studying or receiving any outside help of any kind. You know, just the first time you sit down and read it, you should just immediately be able to understand it. The reasoning kind of goes that, you know, if God wrote the Bible for us, for all believers, we should be able to understand it the first time we read it. Because after all, the Holy Spirit, God himself, lives and dwells in us. Parts of the Bible, yes, they are very obvious on the scripture. You read some parts of it and you do immediately understand what it's talking about. But other parts of scripture are more difficult to understand. The meaning is not immediately obvious. And we also know that God's thoughts are are very profound. They're much higher than human thoughts. And so it should not be surprising then that some parts of the Bible require a little bit more time and a little bit of patience and a little bit of study in order to understand them. And I would like to suggest that the prophetic books are just those kind of books that if we really want to dig in and understand them, it's going to take a little bit of time and study. If you just do a really quick superficial reading of the prophecy books, you are going to be scratching your head at times. You are going to be wondering, what are the prophets talking about? You may struggle to yield a, a very high level of understanding. I want you to think about it as if you were reading a dense school textbook. If you were to to read a dense textbook for the first time, you wouldn't necessarily understand everything it has to say the first time you go through it and you just give it a casual read. We're going to be going through the book of Isaiah very quickly. We've got several chapters a day we have to cover. So we want to just understand that we're going to be reading for the big picture. We're not going to understand all the details. I'm going to try to give you a few more tips this week on how to understand the prophecy books. And we're going to continue to make our way through the prophets for a couple of months here. It's going to take us some time to get through the prophets. So we'll continue to 
to give you some understanding and help you dig into those details and get some proper perspective as you read through it. Now, if you have time, of course, you could also consult uh, Bible dictionaries or commentaries, Bible handbooks. There's many fine resources out there. But right now, we're probably not going to have time to, to be consulting a lot of outside things. So we just want to hit the highlights. And that's really what this podcast is for, is helping give you some, some guidance and steer you in the right direction, keep you in the lane as we go forward in our reading. Now, one of our early podcasts, one of the points that we made is that we want to read the Bible in big chunks. We don't want to focus on individual verses. And we've been continuing to make this point as we've gone along. We we made it again in the Psalms. This is also important when we get to the prophets. In the prophets, we have a lot of what's called oracles. And the prophetic books are arranged in oracles. And so you want to look for these oracles because much of what is presented in the prophetic books almost seems like to be one big run-on idea. It's really a long thing. But if you can try to identify where an oracle begins and ends, that will help give you the big chunk or the, the big idea of that section. And again, as we said last week, we want to try to identify the audience and the historical context for that oracle. So is it something that is to Judah and Jerusalem in the south? Or is it something to Israel and Ephraim in the north? Who is the audience? And what is the specific time period that is being addressed? Now, if you don't know the time period, you can always look in the, if you're using a study Bible, like the NIV study Bible or something like that, it should have some brief notes that'll give you a quick synopsis of the book and the time frame in which that particular prophet lived and worked. Now, when we talk about oracles, it will also be helpful for us to understand that there's different types of oracles. Sometimes the prophets will kind of be engaged in a in a literary form that's like a, a covenant lawsuit. And in it, they'll use legal allegories to give their argument. Sometimes God is portrayed as, as the plaintiff or the prosecuting attorney or the judge in a court case. And then Israel is the defendant. And there's a lawsuit that comes against the defendant where evidence is presented that they have been unfaithful to God's covenant. There's an indictment or an accusation, and then there's some evidence that's presented, and then a judgment is pronounced against Israel for their unfaithfulness. Another type of oracle is the woe oracle. And a woe is a word that the ancient Israelites would cry out when they were facing disaster or death or when they would mourn at a funeral. And throughout the prophets, God makes predictions of imminent doom using the the literary device of the woe. And the woe was an announcement of distress against Israel. It was a prediction of doom because of their disobedience against the covenants of God. Another common literary form that's used in the prophets is the promise or the salvation oracle. And you'll recognize this when 
you see a reference to the future and of a mention of blessing. Typically, it's a promise oracle that contains elements of that, that in the future, in that day or in the day of the Lord, there will be these radical changes and there will be a, ref, a repair of David's fallen tent or there'll be an exaltation of Israel over its enemies or there'll be a return from the exile and then a statement of blessing that there'll be life or prosperity or, or abundance of crops or safety. All of these are part of the promise or salvation oracle. Sometimes the prophets were told to do crazy things. This is called the enactment prophecy. For example, in Isaiah chapter 20, it describes how God instructed Isaiah to go and to be stripped and barefoot for three years to symbolize the prediction that the king of Assyria would lead the Israelites away stripped and barefoot And so Isaiah was told to walk around like this for three years. He was almost like a living, walking billboard of of the judgment that would come against Israel because of their covenant unfaithfulness. You're also going to notice that the prophets use a lot of poetry. It might be good to review our podcast from the Psalms where we talked about how to interpret Hebrew poetry because we're going to see once again the use of in the prophets of things like synonymous parallelisms, antithetical parallelisms, and synthetic parallelisms. I won't take the time to review that now because we talked about that at length in the podcast on the Psalms, but we're going to see those literary types reappearing here in the prophets. Now let's talk a little bit more specifically about our reading this week. When we look at chapters 36 through 39, this corresponds to the passage in 2 Kings 18 to 20 about the story of Hezekiah. Now you might recall that Hezekiah at first he he trusts God and God delivers him from the army of Assyria. But then Hezekiah fails to trust Yahweh when he displays the riches of the kingdom and the temple to visitors from Babylon and that this results in God pronouncing judgment against Hezekiah. So we'll be revisiting that story early this week. Later in the week in chapters 44 and 45, we have a very specific prophecy about Cyrus the king that although God would allow his people to be taken away into Babylon, into captivity, he would also choose a deliverer for them and that they would not stay in captivity forever, but that they would be allowed to return to their land after a period of time. This is a fascinating part of scripture because the prophecy is so specific about Cyrus and what he would do. And remember, this is decades before Cyrus is even born. And many scholars point to this as a tangible evidence for the supernatural inspiration of the Bible. Only God could know something this specific. This week will also be looking at chapters 49 to 55. And this section talks about the coming servant that God will send who will bring salvation to his people. And this includes the glorious section of 
Isaiah 52 and 53 of Yahweh's suffering servant and the foretelling of what would be fulfilled in the coming of Jesus Christ and his life and his death on the cross. And then we end the book with the the vision that Isaiah has of the glorious future for God's people that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And this is part of our future. So when we think of the prophet foretelling the future, remember, most of it has passed. Most of the prophecies have already been fulfilled. But when we get toward the end of Isaiah, we see into our future, the future hope that we will have in the glorious new heaven and the new earth. Well, that's all for this week. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. And I hope that this week you'll tell a friend about the podcast, this resource that will help prepare them and orient them to the text each week as they read it together. Maybe share a link on Facebook or or just tell a friend, share in your Bible study group or your small group about the podcast. It's here for everyone, for our Grace family, and even for more broadly for anyone who wants to understand and learn about scripture in depth. Well, thanks for joining us. Next week, we're going to be getting into the book of Jeremiah. Our adventures in the prophetic books will continue. And I look forward to it. And I look forward to seeing you again next week as we continue our journey on Route 66. Shechem Coliseum and Jerusalem City is not a pretty sea. Mount Nebo, Sidon, or Jericho. Antioch, Caesarea, don't forget Golgotha, Tarsus, Durban, the flames, and now you won't yield. Get hip to this time, let's hear When you make that holy scripture trip.